this is Through the Badlands Podcast. We have Andrew K. Meyer. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Andrew K. Meyer. I'm a director, a screenwriter, a uh, reluctant producer. I am also the co-founder of Stone Street Cinema, uh, which I co-founded with a previous guest of yours, uh, Christopher Plunkett. And uh, I live in Queens, New York. Uh, story to be specific and that's a yeah those are a lot of the basic facts about me i'm a regular hype guy <laughs> i think those that that's a lot of i was i grew up in northern new jersey um those are as many basic facts as i could think of in this moment <laughs> <laughs> so what got you interested in filmmaking so so i mean th this is weird but um I think I've wanted, I, I know that I've wanted to be a movie director since the third grade. It could have been before that. And first of all, there's absolutely no way that I knew what being a movie director was in the third grade, but I actually uncovered this thing. I was cleaning out my mom's house uh, in, somewhere in the last year, and we found this my little project that I made in the third grade, uh, 2000. Um, and uh, it's, it's, I guess we were doing these projects uh, about what uh, our dreams were, right? And and so there's this paper plate uh, and, and we color on it. And there's this picture of a guy kneeling uh, and it's a horrible picture, but it's me. It, it points, you know, at it, it says me. And then there's a guy with a camera and uh, at the bottom of the plate um, or, you know, like at the bottom of, you know, where it curves, it says, my dream is to be a movie director. And, and that's really cute and, and stuff. But then I found, you know, there's, it's, it's a weird design, but there's three pieces of string hanging from that plate, kind of like a dream catcher or something like that. And with each piece of string, there's this little paper attached to each one. And, and they all have, I guess, three ways in which uh, you can pursue your dream, right? So the first piece of paper says, uh, take notes. And the second piece of paper says, go to college. And the third piece of paper says, let the studio know me a little. Uh, which I love because the only incorrect thing of those three was uh, go to college. Uh, the, the other, the other two were pretty on point, and uh, that's actually hanging in my room now. I was, I was so happy to find it because, uh, you know, I mean, I, I've loved movies since I was four. I think, I my first movie ever was Pocahontas in the theaters. Uh, I got to see Empire Strike in the theater because I have a brother who's 18 years older than me, and he took me uh, back in the 90s. And uh, I think Star Wars must have been. I mean, it definitely is the reason that I'm doing this. You know, I, I was crazy about it. I, I was Luke for Halloween at least three years, and I, I just loved the thing. And, you know, anyways, just going back to not knowing what being a movie director was then, all that I remember knowing um, since I was a kid or since I was like a really little kid was that I had ideas in my head, uh, and I wanted those ideas to become movies. And it turns out that that's pretty much what being a movie director is. So um, so that that's, I mean... You know, I, uh, it, it just came out of a love of watching movies. And, you know, then I actually did take a bit of a turn into acting uh, by the sixth grade. I was an actor from like the sixth grade up until, I don't know, a couple of years ago. Um, and uh, I, I liked it, but I, I feel like I liked it for a lot of the wrong reasons. I, I always complained about the shit that I was in. Um, you know, when you're in high school, it's all musicals. And, you know, when you do Footloose twice, you're just done with that. And, uh, you know, I, uh, it turned out that that wasn't what I wanted. I, I wanted to make things. I wanted, uh, you know, I just wanted to create something in my head and make it happen on paper and say, yeah, I, I made that. I made that with a bunch of people who also made that. Um, 
and I'm very lucky that I get to do it. Um, I mean, I'm young, so, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good time to be doing this, but, uh, yeah, I've, I've wanted to make movies my whole life for sure. I mean, as, as far back as, you know, me having dreams, I've wanted to do this for sure. So what really pulled you to filmmaking? Was it like the storytelling aspect for the ideas and stuff? Yeah, I mean, I guess at the center of everything, it's got to be the story, right? There's, you know, I, I mean, every film has a gazillion different elements and several different departments, but it all comes down to the story and the script. That's the only, I mean, you know, a story and a camera is kind of all you need. And I guess some vision to enact that story. But, you know, I mean, I don't know. I think I, I think I specifically geared towards being a director because because I liked every element of filmmaking. I mean, you know, as a kid, it was the storytelling and the, the performances and uh, the music and the, uh, you know, and just the general vision, action sequences, you know, I, I uh, you know, but, but I mean, as I grow older, it's, you know, it's become a lot more, you know, I, and I know nothing about so many of these things, or I shouldn't say nothing, that's, that's pretty uh, self-deprecating, but, you know, when it comes to lighting and sound and costume design and production design, and these are all things that I wasn't really thinking about as a kid, but I was admiring nonetheless. And, uh, you know, I think I really settled on directing, at least as, a, as an adult, uh, you know, uh, because that's where I realized that, oh, well, I could kind of lay a hand in all of these departments. And, and I don't even have to be as well versed in these things. I mean, you know, I better be a good storyteller. But I mean, God, you know, it's I, I'm so fortunate that in, you know, the work that I've done that, you know, I've had the best lighting designers and sound designers such as yourself. And, you know, it's uh, I everything fascinates me, uh, but I don't, I can't, you know, claim to understand uh, the details and nuances of how every element of filmmaking works, but I want to so badly. And I think about these things so often. And I think that's ultimate, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a kind of easy answer to give, but it really is that everything pulls me into it. There's, you know, I, I was just thinking like, you know, I, last week I was watching a 20 minute feature on, uh, you know, the, costume department of the fellowship of the ring of the lord of the rings movies and like i just got emotional like and i don't give a shit about costumes or at least i didn't think i did and and it, it's really you know i, I, I it turns out I'm, i i mean i am obsessed and, and blown away by every little aspect of filmmaking i always i always say that every movie's a miracle i mean even you know pitch perfect three uh, you know it, it's they're all it's all insane that these things can happen on camera that we can make this uh occurs so you know it's i'm pulled in by everything i'm pulled in by the fact that that it could happen in the first place and i'm pulled in by all of the pieces coming together you know um and that's i think why i specifically chose directing for sure was being a film director something that you just kind of dreamt of or was it kind of like a constant pursuit of growing up and knowing what you want to do yeah i i would say almost the latter until recently, right? Like I, you know, as I mentioned, uh, directing was the first thing that I wanted to do ever since I was like, you know, four years old or, you know, at the very least I have proof that it's, it, I've wanted to do this since I was eight years old, you know? Um, and uh, the thing is, I mean, like I said, you know, I didn't really know what being a film director was. It, again, it turns out I was kind of, kind of right in a general sense, but I didn't know what that meant. So you know, I think I spent from the third grade to the sixth grade, you know, probably thinking about making movies, but, you know, going in and out because I had other things on my mind, like, you know, my Legos and, and girls and, 
you know, stupid things like, you know, and then, you know, by the time the sixth grade came, I, my friends forced me to audition for uh, Peter Pan. <laughs> and uh, I, I play the middle child and I got the fly. And of course, after that, you're like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, be an actor for forever. You get an applause, people notice it and it's awesome, <laughs> you know? And then I, I did that for a long time. I did that. I mean, I got, I even studied it in college and I actually went, so I should actually say, by the end of high school, I started fading away from the acting dream a bit because I thought that was unrealistic. So I thought uh, a more, you know, realistic idea would be to be a filmmaker, <laughs> which is the only thing harder to do than be an actor. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I, I went to Pace University uh, and I, uh, I started their film program and it was no good. I, I'm going to shit talk Pace University. It's okay they won't hear it and uh they uh it was just kind of like an english major and and so i i actually left that uh went right back into acting uh, i was double majoring in acting and psychology and you know i got it. i mean even like by the end of junior year i i knew i wanted to be a filmmaker again actually at the beginning of junior year i knew i was coming back to that and uh i think that's kind of what i i think i started being a screenwriter because it's something I could have done in my own time. I didn't know anyone with a camera or anything. Um, and so I would write. And then it wasn't until, I guess, the end of college that I was like, no, I want to be a director. I want to work in everything. I don't I don't want to just be in a room alone. And I don't just want to, you know, uh, read the lines and perform a part, which, you know, that's not shitting on any of those jobs. Those the Writing and acting are definitely both harder uh, for me personally than directing. But um you know, in the last, I, I don't know, five years, it's really been on my mind that not just that I want to be a director, but that that's the one that I will be good at, which is, you know, again, that, that's that's very presumptuous of me because like, uh, but it's also, and I think a lot of directors would probably say the same. I, I can't do anything else. I, I can't even be a grip, man. I, I don't, there's so many technical things about film that I don't know. And a lot of those things are going to hurt me as a director, which is why I'm constantly trying to learn. It's why I'm very fortunate to have the film company I have and the partner that I have at this company who can literally do any single thing, uh, you know, that it takes to make a film. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, in a sense, uh, Ed, you know, it's hard to say it's come full circle when I'm still in my, you know, mid to late 20s. But uh, in a sense, it, yeah, everything has come full circle. I wanted to be a director when I was a kid, gave up on that for over a decade. Uh, and now I'm right back here and I honestly can't see myself leaving this because not only do I love it, but I, I do feel good about it. I mean, I, I have a lot to learn and there's a lot of mistakes that I'm, I've made in the last, you know, couple months as a director, but, uh, but God, yeah, that, that is the thing for me, you know? Um, so you know, it was, to answer your question, yeah, it was kind of just a dream for a long time. And, you know, usually when you get older, you know, and things start to become more realistic and you have taxes and health insurance, you know, you start to get more realistic. And I think a lot of people would look at me and say that I'm becoming much more unrealistic. But at the same time, I know in my heart that this is all that I can do. I, this, this is all that I got. And you know, I'm, I'm going to give it my all, especially while I can, you know. So you're choosing a creative field. Did you get a lot of people saying, whether it be friends or family saying, hey, maybe you should find more of a stable job <laughs> or find a real job? Mm -hmm. Yeah, my mom wanted me to be a teacher. And, you know, when your mom's begging you to be a teacher, 
you know, God, she doesn't, she can't have that much hope in, in the money that you're going to make. And that's totally fair. I mean, you know, I, uh, I, I was very fortunate that I got to go to a very nice public school in a very wealthy town, but I was on that corner of the town, you know, on that one street where we're all a little bit more broke than the rest. And I mean, listen, I, I'm a privileged human being, but at the same time, I, I, my family, you know, we had a lot of financial problems growing up. Uh, you know, my parents both had jobs that they did not want to have, um, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, I have two older siblings who, you know, go through, you know, who have very practical jobs and do very well. And, you know, I mean, God, I, I, oh, I, think, I, I even said this to my mom last week. I'm like, sometimes I just wonder, like, who the hell am I, <laughs> you know, to have gone through this, to have, you know, made it through college, to be, you know, the first in my immediate family to graduate college, uh, to have two degrees, um, you know, and to have all this opportunity, you, you know, and, and then I just say, well, no, I'm going to, I'm going to throw it all away and be a filmmaker. But I'm so fortunate because my family doesn't see it as throwing it away. I mean, they, they really have always supported me, whether it was in acting or directing. And, you know, it's funny. I mean, I, I think there's a big part of my mom that wishes I was going back to, to performing. And again, that's, that's a really hard lifestyle. And the friends that I have uh, who are still left in, and I, I have so many friends from college who are still performing and are kicking ass. I mean, the majority of them are, but kicking ass is still not, it, it doesn't promise you much, you know, as an actor or as a director or anything in the creative industry. Um, so, you know, I mean, I definitely feel that. I, I have a lot of uh, friends not in the creative field, uh, you know, people who aren't in my family who definitely have a harder time understanding it. You know, I, uh, I've i worked at a, a finance job for, you know, full time and, you know, it's very difficult to explain uh, that to the people who are there, but, uh, you know, it's that, that count, that comes with the territory, I guess, you know? So you choosing to go to college and a finance job, did you feel pressure doing that? Um, because it seemed like at a very early age, you knew what you wanted to do. Right. So why this like, uh, years of college then finding a finance job. Um, why, why not just go full in to film directing? That's a good question. Uh, I, I do think a lot of those pressures were, you know, I, I can't say that, you know, I was always as confident. I mean, I, I've never been as confident as I am today. And I, I do think that's only been growing in the last, you know, two or three years. Um, you know, I mean, I should also mention that, you know, while I was, you know, when I left the film program to study acting and psychology, uh, I mean, I remember my sophomore year, I was pretty certain I was just going to study those two things. Uh, that would be my final shot at acting and maybe I'd get discovered, which is not at all how this works. And, you know, and in the meantime, uh, I would become, you know, a therapist I, that I would uh, go to, you know, uh, I mean, that, my backup plan was to go to more school, to spend more money. And, you know, every plan that I've had, even the practical ones seemed impractical, you know, I, uh, I, I really, you know, it, I really did feel like I was going with the practical, uh, safe route, uh, for at least a year or two in college, right in the middle, you know, I had dreams going in and I had dreams coming out, but right in the middle, I really, uh, you know, I, I was pretty certain that I would be, you know, uh, yeah, uh, trying to apply to grad schools for psychology, and that that would, and, and I thought that would make me happy at that time. I really wanted to do that, and I still really believe in those things, you know. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I was compromising then, and and you know, there's nothing wrong with that if you do find something else that you love, you know. And 
And look, I mean, we could all say that, like, you should absolutely go for your number one dream your whole life, but, you know, you, you can't always live on that. And sometimes there are bigger priorities, you know, uh, having families, uh, you know, uh, and, and, you know, just living, you know, uh, lives that are, I don't know, much more sustainable. Um, and, you know, there's a reason that I'm constantly single, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, this is a very time consuming thing and this isn't normal. And it's, I feel very guilty sometimes when I explain this to my friends outside of, you know, the arts and, and stuff, because, you know, I, uh, I just, I, when people say they're bored, it always really blows my mind because I just, I, God, I mean, that, that sounds like a privilege and, and that's not to put down anybody who's bored because I know people who, who work their asses off, who went to the best colleges, who now have fantastic jobs, who are my age and they deserve to go home and, and watch TV until they're bored, you know, uh, unfortunately or, or fortunately, I am in this position where it's like I'm, I can never run out of things to do. Um, I, I'm also in a position where watching movies is work, and, and that's a lot of fun for me. But at the same time, there's always several emails I got to get back to. There's always uh, a feature to write and a short to write. And there's, you know, it's, um, God, I, I completely forgot the question at this point. But, <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, yeah, I... Uh, I always say that these are good problems to have, you know, I, I'm very, I, I don't complain. I just stress, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, one thing I've been hearing a lot with creative people, freelancers, entrepreneurs is they don't find too much downtime, but especially not, they're not bored yeah. all that much. They're always finding something to do, whether it's at their job yeah, for sure. It's really, and, and those can be anything. I mean, I definitely do things outside of, you know, film, you know, I, I, I God, now I'm struggling to think of those things, but, you know, I, I try to have an active social life. I'm very close with my family and they live in New Jersey. So, you know, it's a bit of an effort to get over there. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a news junkie. I, I like, God, I hate to admit it, but I took like years off of playing video games and suddenly they're like in front of me and they're really fucking fun and you know but i i, I, I mean it, that's no problem that that shouldn't be a problem you know but of course i i mean i subscribe to this career where i'm always there's always going to be something more i could be doing researching writing uh listening watching you know there's um reading you know god i i, I would love to read a novel but there's so many film books to read and that and i'm a slow reader you know i, I love to read and i always do it but God, you know, I, my sister was not in the creative arts at all. Uh, she, well, I, I shouldn't say that. She, she does a lot of things, uh, you know, uh, she, she's like a, a, like a healthy lifestyle kind of coach. And she does have an Instagram and, you know, uh, is building a website to kind of, you know, run a brand that, you know, falls under her, you know, I guess, uh, methods of, of living a good lifestyle. And it's very, you know, it's, it's a really nice brand and I'm definitely butchering an explanation of it. But my point is, she also says the same thing that she's never bored. She, and she lives a very different life than I do. And, you know, she lives with a boyfriend and, you know, she really just, you know, has, she's, you know, two years younger than I am. And, uh, but I, it's funny. Yeah. We, we both are always confused when people say they're bored. And again, nothing wrong with being bored. It, it, that is a good, I'm praying to get there. And I, I think someday I could, but, you know, I feel like your twenties are, and they're not about only working, but it is about having that energy that you can just expend uh, from the moment you wake up to the time you go to bed, you know? 
Yeah, I heard uh, recently by a couple of people is in your 20s is basically the prime time to work on what you want to do for the rest of your life. Yeah, exactly. This is it. If I don't do this now, how can I start this in my 30s, you know? Uh, I mean, the, the nice thing about being, you know, a director specifically, and, you know, uh, I, I would say is that, you know, you, you're not expected to be at your prime in your 20s. You know, Damien Chazelle just, you know, won Best Director for La La Land two Oscars ago, and he was the youngest ever director to win. He was 31, and I, I got a couple of years until I get there. At the same time, he still made two movies before that. He still worked his ass off in his 20s. And like, God, if I make a movie like Whiplash in my 20s, Jesus, that's amazing, you know? But even if I don't, that's okay, you know? Um, but but that, but regardless, the, this is the time to do that, you know? I, you know, it, it, of course it would be nice to, you know, uh, God, so many of my friends are getting engaged or married. Me specifically, I have this group of friends from high school and, and another one just bit the dust last night. <laughs> they got engaged and, and I'm just, you know, I, I, it's funny. I mean, there's probably 10 of us and I think three of us are married. Uh, four of us are engaged. Um, and like, yeah. And, and three of us, uh, are, you know, single as hell. And, uh, you know, I'm always like, God, am I going to be the last one? I, I, I you know, uh, but to be honest, it's, I, I I definitely recognize how young I am, and I definitely recognize that, you know, things are good for for where I am in my life. Even if I haven't accomplished too much, you know, I'm damn proud of where I am right now, and you know, I'm damn well gonna use my twenties to get to where I want to be in my thirties. You know, there's something nice about knowing that your prime is not in your twenties. I I would argue, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, going back to you looking at people getting married and stuff and seeing that as, you know, a nice thing, you know, settling down, maybe having a family in the future, um, they might very well be looking at you right. say, saying almost the same yeah, thing. I think they already do. Yeah, I think a lot of them do. And then again, they're, you know, we're all individual people and <clears throat> I look at all of them and seriously, like all of these friends that I just mentioned, all are in beautiful relationships and and really like i i don't even see them as even if they're settling down they're certainly not settling you know what i mean they they're still living still having adventures and they found those right matches to you know go on and see the world and that, that's their way that they're going to see the world but for me and, and you know for for plenty of my other friends as well it's uh you know it's just it's simply not time for that yet for me there, there's a lot more that i got to figure out for myself you know and that again that really comes with the creative territory especially but uh you know I, I i envy those people those friends of mine and i certainly you know god i hope that there's a small part of them that envies uh me too not you know for being single and being in my 20s because that that's all just kind of sad <laughs> but but to have the uh you know just the freedom to be like oh I, i'm just gonna go do this and i don't have to talk to anybody about this decision but you know, I, I'm certainly excited about settling down and having kids of my own. God, I want that so bad, but I do not want that yet, you know? And again, nothing wrong with wanting that now, but, uh, you know, we, we all have different, I don't know, uh, goals and different parameters for those goals, you know, different, uh, I don't know, uh, different ways that we structure our future, I guess, you know? And who knows, in, in two years, things could be totally different for me. In a month, things could be totally different, but... Uh, for right now, I'm, I'm I'm comfortable in all of this isolation and all of this craziness, you know? Yeah. Um, so 
when you were right out of college and uh-huh. you knew you wanted to pursue filmmaking, uh, film directing, what was the next step for you? Like, what did you do? Yeah, so I, uh, that's a good question. Okay, so I got out of college. Um, God, okay. So actually, when I got out of college, I directed my first ever project. So at that, up until that point, I had only written, um, I wrote this, this web series, uh, that, uh, which is actually where I met my uh, current business partner, Chris Plunkett. Um, he was the DP for it. I was a co-writer and a producer. It was it was horrible, <laughs> and, but uh, but we loved it, and we had a great time, and, and I always say to this day that it was the hardest thing that I've ever worked on. It was a web series of, like, 12 episodes, and, of course, when you start writing them, and it's your first thing ever, you're like, they'll be five minutes each, and, man, they were, like, 20 minutes each by the, uh, like, by the second half, um, so anyways, uh, that, that's all I had done up until I graduated, and uh, right, uh, you know, before I graduated, uh, we uh, were in pre-production for this short film. Uh, which again was another one of those things where it's like, oh, this is going to be 20, 30 minutes and ended up being like 45 minutes and we couldn't cut it down anymore. And uh, it was really hard and it took me a year and a half and I'm super proud of where it ended up, but it, it was, it it was a pretty, you know, there was a lot of discouraging elements to be honest. Uh, you know, uh, just when it comes to working with your friends and, and exploring that for the first time. And, you know, I really, you know, I really feel confident that I gave it my all in every aspect uh, as an artist, but also just as a as a personable person and trying to make sure that I came out of that with positive experiences with other people. But you can't always control those things. And, you know, so anyways, that that, that really, you know, ate a chunk out of me. And uh, it was <laughs> I got to say, like, as we were wrapping that up, uh, there wasn't any part of me that wanted to leave film, but I certainly felt like I needed to refresh myself and uh, Maybe, you know, maybe I'm not a director because, you know, this took so long. This was so hard. Maybe I'm just a writer or, you know, whatever. And then and then Chris came back. And and uh, this is not I'm going to sweet talk the hell out of Chris a lot because that's just what I do all the time anyways. But uh, he uh, he had an idea. Now, now Chris is a cinematographer. Uh, let me, you know, to put that out there. He's uh, first and foremost cinematographer. Um, he. uh also turns out to be a writer and a very good writer and he came to me with this really stupid really funny idea about a true story uh which i guess i shouldn't mention because we still hope to make it someday we spent you know three months writing a 15 page script um and i mean you know it's not because we were lazy like we worked on it all the time and and i think maybe we worked on it so long because we were liking working together so much and uh well then we're like okay well we finished this we this seems like a kind of big production but Hey, want to write something else? Or like, yeah. So we go to a bar, uh, at the Harbor House in uh, downtown Manhattan, like right by Battery Park, and uh, we we start writing all these ideas. We had so many stupid ideas. Uh, a lot of them were sketches, which it turns out we don't really like to do sketches. But uh, I'm happy to sell any of those ideas. Um, and uh, we we just kept writing at this bar and, and Chris happened and drinking and Chris happened to say something about wanting to start a company with me. And I should say like, that's something I had thought about before. I always wanted to start my own company, but I, I knew that when Chris came out of full sale, uh, he went to full sale, uh, university or college, I think, um, university, university, right. Oh yeah. FSU, of course. And, uh, but he came out of there, me and all of my friends who had worked with Chris, we all said there's absolutely no way that 
that we're ever going to get Chris to work with us again. He is too out of our realm. And, you know, so of course, when he wanted to write with me, I was like, yeah, of course, let's do that. And then when he wanted to write more with me, I was like, yeah, let's do that. And when he wanted to build a company with me, oh my God, that changed everything. And uh, we proceeded to Stone Street to celebrate our nothing accomplishment of making a company just by saying that we were going to do that. Uh, but of course, that's uh, where Stone Street Cinema came out of. And, uh, you know, I mean, that was still, I mean, at least a year or so after college. I mean, no, I guess even more because it, it's basically been two years since we founded that, maybe a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean, Stone Street changed everything. You know, I immediately had in my hands a co-writer, a co-producer, and, a, and the best cinematographer that I've ever met. I mean, really, like, I don't know a better one yet. Not personally, uh, you know, and, and I'm, it's still to this day, I, I still say these things all the time to my friends or even to Chris that I don't understand why he would work with me. Um, you know, I'm just a director. I'm a writer. I have no technical skills, but I, you know, I, I have enough drive. Uh, but God, I mean, I'm Chris is so calm and cool and I'm very manic when we work. But we also, you know, do pride ourselves on having a really nice, I don't know, ability to work together. Uh, we're, we've become fantastic friends, um, you know, but we also, we trust each other. Uh, we work well together. And I mean, Chris and Stone Street Cinema, I mean, that's my film career. That's where everything came out of for sure. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I got it, you know, when I came out of college, I had no plan but to make that one 47 minute short film. And then when that was over a year and a half later, I thought I had nothing. And then that's that's what happened Chris and Stone Street and that, that's where I am today so you guys got together made uh, Stone Street Cinema and you guys made I think three short films right and you guys are now concentrating on more commercials right yeah for sure I mean you know I, I would say that we're you know Chris and I have long-term goals of course that we personally always want to you know, we want to make feature films just like everybody, or not like everybody, but like most people, uh, you know, who are directors and writers at least. Um, and, uh, but, you know, uh, we were very proud of ourselves uh, at, at, in the first six months of Stone Street. We had in our heads that we were going to make three solid short films in the first six months. And we didn't announce Stone Street uh, to the public. We didn't put it on Facebook or anything until we had our first short ready, uh, I Heart New York. Um, and then we made two more, we made egg, uh, and the nativity and, uh, and after that, uh, you know, we did it. We, we did that in six months and we're very proud of that. Um, now Chris and I, you know, we, we invested in a, in a camera, Sony FS7 and some sound equipment and, you know, other things. And that's really all the capital we've had to put into it. Not to say that we've made great money, but we have certainly been able to use the uh, rental money that we've, you know, we, we rent out a lot of our equipment and every time Chris gets a freelance job and they hire uh, or they rent out our camera as well, you know, Stone Street makes a couple bucks. And, you know, we've actually been able to maintain a lot of our creative projects just from that rental money, uh, which again, I wouldn't have that opportunity if Chris wasn't out there shooting stuff for himself and using our camera. But anyways, um, you know, we, we worked on a couple more creative projects after one huge one being Light Glass, which is a, our biggest project today. It was a 20 minute short film uh, that we made with uh, little Blondie films. Um, and, uh, you know, that was a really big endeavor for us. And I directed it. Uh, Chris shot it. Um, we associate produced it as our company did. Um, and then after that, we realized that we need money. And 
we need it so damn bad uh, because uh, all of the big ideas we have, we need money for, you know? And so our basic goal uh, was that we were going to make 2018, and I'm sure he probably brought this up to you in his podcast episode, but this is our brand awareness year. This is the year where it's like, let's slap our name on everything. Let's not be picky, but let's respect our brand and let's really love our brand. And our brand, I mean, you know, we there's a bunch of different ways to describe it, but uh, we... You know, we we are just really dependent on being original. And uh, we always call ourselves upscale casual, which I think is, you know, we're like sleek and we're silly. Uh, we, our, our films, ha- uh, you know, we want them to be, in a sense, highbrow in that they that they're, they are, you know, art pieces and that they're, they're fully realized. But at the same time, we want to have fun. We want to make people laugh. And uh, unless we're shooting dramas, which is a whole other thing. Uh, but we also want to carry that into our the commercial, uh, you know, uh, aspect of our company. And so, anyways, our idea for 2018 has been, you know, let's uh, let's me and Chris, we are going to find commercial work. We're going to build clients, and we already got a couple that we're really excited to work with. And uh, you know, this is the year about making money. And we said, like, God, if we don't release, you know, any creative stuff that we uh, personally directed and wrote ourselves for the next year and just, you know, focused on making money and accomplish that, we'd be very satisfied. But at the same time, we don't want to abandon uh, the creative roots of Stone Street Cinema. And also, we do feel like that we definitely need a new set of voices to come into Stone Street Cinema as, you know, everything that we've made so far has pretty much been directed by me or, you know, another white straight male millennial. And, you know, we're like, God, we could really bring in some other voices. And, you know, so that that's a big thing for us. We basically, me and Chris want to do the boring work for right now. And in the meantime, we're really desperately searching um, for, you know, just any voices, you know, at all to come in and, you know, uh, give us their scripts. And, 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 you know, I mean, not give them to us, but the, our, our deal is like, hey, we'll produce, you know, especially micro shorts, which is any short film under five minutes. You know, we will produce other people's content. Um, we'll, we'll handle all of the funds if someone just comes in with, you know, a script that really fits our palette, you know, and uh, so that's the thing. We're never going to abandon being creative, but at the same time, we, we you know, we want to expand. We want to build our community and our culture, and, you know, uh, Stone Street won't work if it's always me and Chris telling the stories, you know, so, uh, so you know, um, you know, and on that micro short thing, you know, we, we that, that's kind of a way we realize that we could both save money and time by making short films that are under five minutes. Uh, but that, you know, still fit our brand very well. We've made two so far. Uh, Mitts, uh, which was directed by Evan Daves, who's actually, uh, we just brought on as creative director for uh, Stone Street Cinema. And uh, then we made The Gumbug, uh, which uh, was the last project that I directed. Uh, but, you know, yeah, we said for the next micro shorts, we really want to find some, you know, new voices and, yeah, just really, really try something different. And so while we're looking for them, we're just going to, uh, try to make money, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, uh, but it, it, it's not unfortunate, I guess. It's it, w- These are good problems to have, as I've said. So um, do you only kind of think in the shorter term, like a year or so, or do you think long term, like, do you guys have ideas that are, you know, maybe two or three, five years ahead? <laughs> well, I, I would say that I do for sure. Uh, I, I can't say that. I guess we could say we both do. Chris and I uh, have a lot of ideas like, you know, we even have short films that we're like, okay, this is a good idea. We won't be ready for another year or two to shoot this one. And uh, we have, 
we together have uh, ideas or things we want to explore in feature films that, I mean, literally there's somewhere where like we are not intelligent enough or well-researched enough to pursue that. Um, and for me personally, I, I certainly do. I'm, I'm working on a feature film right now in my own time uh, that I'm working on writing that I already know is going to take me probably like three or four years. And, you know, I, I have this really bad habit of telling too many people about it. So I won't say anything more than like, I'm 600 pages out of 800 pages into this definitive history of World War II. And I'm 72 pages of notes into that. I'm just literally just writing notes on it. Uh, the film that I have in mind itself will not at all take place during the actual Second World War, you know, in the 1940s. And that's probably where I got to stop myself. But the point is, I, I, I unfortunately, my first feature film idea that I have the confidence in to pursue and the confidence in that is good is, of course, probably one of the hardest and stupidest ideas I'm ever going to have. You know, it's it's a comedy and it's an allegory and it's it's it is just I, every once in a while when I'm working on it, I'm like, what are you doing, man? Just write a feature film that takes place in a log cabin the whole time, like everybody else for starters, you know, but, uh, you know, but, but yes, yeah, certainly we, we are always thinking, uh, really hard, far ahead. Um, whether, but that, again, that's very much on a dream basis. Um, when it comes to practicality, uh, we're really just looking at the next year and, and also, you know, if we achieved, you know, our goals of this year successfully, how that would affect uh, 2019. So people are going to listen to this podcast. What is one tip or one piece of advice you can give them to greatly impact their life? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, you know, I mean, for me personally, um, and I want to make this, you know, as, you know, general for everybody, you know, not just for people in creative you know, fields. I mean, you know, look, unfortunately, we don't all have the privilege and the opportunity to pursue the thing that we want. And and furthermore, some of us who, who do feel like we have that doesn't mean we're going to succeed in that. Um, I would say that the only thing that is clear for all of us, especially, you know, if, you know, if we have the fortune to live in this country, uh, or at the very least the fortune to, you know, be healthy, you know, to be stable and a lot of us don't but but god if, if you do or, or even if you feel like you can get to those places i mean i don't want to tell you to do what makes you happy because that's what everyone's gonna say um but god that's kind of what i want to say too i mean you know uh, i i would say and you know this is i take a very agnostic approach to everything um and that's not me wanting to comment on religion at all but i i always say that i don't I don't know what my purpose is or, or uh, I, I, if there even is one. I don't know what life means. I don't know where I'm supposed to go and I don't know what's going to happen when I die. But all that I do know right now, uh, what I've always known, um, is that, you know, feeling good feels good and feeling bad feels bad. And when I make movies or when I watch them or when I'm with my friends or when I'm with my friends, you know, my, my family, I mean, those, those are the things, those are the things that make me happy. And, and I mean, I, I just feel like, God, it, it, if there is nothing, if, if we do die someday and that's just, that's our life, then like, I hope that I spent the majority of that time either being happy or trying to be. So, 
uh, God, yeah, my advice is literally just to do what makes you happy. But, but you know, that doesn't mean you have to pursue, you know, the impossible dream. Uh, I mean, look, I, I'm only pursuing being a director because I truly think that's all that I can do. Um, I just, I, I think that's what I'm, I'm the, I'm best at. I, I don't have the best director. I just think that's what I can do best for myself. Um, but you know, God, if I didn't have that, there are other things that would make me happy. As I mentioned, my mom wanting me to be a teacher, like, yeah, that I could totally see that making me happy. Being a therapist, yeah, I probably could see that making me happy. Unfortunately, one of the harder things is kind of the thing that struck me, but you know, for anyone, uh, especially if you're in your 20s, but but God, no, if you're if you're in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, I there's no better story uh, or better stories than you know when you hear about those celebrities who didn't you know who were working dead-end jobs in their 30s and 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 that's when they got somewhere and you know I, and that's not crazy to get uh to not be at a successful place until your 30s you know i just look my 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 my, my dad you know he uh was a taxi driver before he passed away and my mom works at a shipping company uh, that she doesn't really love that much but they, you know, uh, my mom keeps herself happy, you know, my dad kept himself happy by, by being around the people that, that mattered to them and by engaging in the things that they loved, uh, you know, whether that was movies for my dad or puzzles for my mom, you know, do the thing that works for you. Uh, don't worry about what it all means. It, it might not mean anything, you know, just if this is all we got, you know, just every single day you should, you know, approach as if like, make it your best one, you know, I mean, look, some days are going to be boring as hell, you know, but I don't know, we're all just working towards a goal, you know, uh, and that goal is to enjoy this, to enjoy everything about our lives. All right, let's wrap this up. Okay. Andrew K. Meyer, thanks for coming on the podcast. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Luke. I appreciate being a, a guest on this thing. This is uh, my first ever podcast, and uh, I hope it's not God, I really hope it's not my last, but we'll see when I realize it in a week or two. <laughs> yeah. I would love to have you come on again. Oh, thanks, man. Seriously, I appreciate it. Thank you so much.